0: to Selling Your Business with David King. I'm David King, and I'm the author of Selling Your Business, Begin with the End in Mind, which is available on Amazon. Today, we're going to take a big-picture view of the sale process, and you should become familiar with the sale process before you begin to start the sale itself. There's a variety of reasons why you want to become familiar with the sale process before you start. Um, You want to minimize the risk that you do a bad deal with a buyer or that you harm a a good deal. Uh, You need to get the most out of the professional service providers who are helping you do the the deal. So you want to understand the, the reason they're doing what they're doing. And most of all, you just want to achieve a successful sale that satisfies uh, your goals. So first off, let's define some standard terms uh, that you'll hear throughout the sale process. The first is a non-disclosure agreement, or NDA, uh, or otherwise referred to as a confidentiality agreement. Crucial throughout the process of trying to sell your business and negotiating with a buyer that everything remain confidential. So, with any prospective buyer, you're going to want a non disclosure agreement to be in place before you start the negotiations and disclosing in any information about your business. The next is a letter of intent, and we will go into detail about the letter of intent in another podcast. But the letter of intent is a a big picture summary of the terms of the deal, but it's non-binding, and certain terms within the letter of intent will be binding, but overall it's it's a non-binding, just a big picture summary of what the deal terms may turn out to be. The next is the purchase agreement, and this is the most crucial agreement. It is the contract between the buyer and the seller for the sale of the business. The next term is due diligence, and this is a process by which a buyer of a business will review records of the seller, of the seller business, the company, to basically look for problems um, to confirm the value of the business, but primarily they're going to look for issues that may need to be fixed or can't be fixed. So, this is a crucial part of getting a deal wrapped up. Um, The next is closing. Uh, Closing is the day on which ownership is transferred from the seller to the buyer. Uh, Next term to know is asset sale. And an asset sale is the most common legal form by which businesses are transferred This is where uh, substantially all of the assets of the selling business are transferred to the buyer. The next term is another legal form of uh, business sale, and it's a stock sale is the common term. This is the sale of the equity of the company which operates the business. It's a, this basically the sale of the entity itself, the corporation or the LLC or whatever form of business entity you have. The buyer basically buys the entity, the, the corporation. Um, and so anyway, that's a stock sale. The next form of business combination is a merger. And this is where two companies combine to become one corporation. Uh, Typically, it's a corporation. Um, But one company continues and survives the merger, and the other one legally disappears, but the two combine into being one individual business with all of the assets and liabilities of the two companies before the sale. Um, So merger is a common expression. This is why you hear mergers and acquisitions, It's kind of an all-encompassing term, M&A, or mergers and acquisitions, for all of these different legal forms of business combinations or sales of businesses. Okay, so when you start the sale process, you need to know who the ideal buyer might be. The buyers may fall into several different categories, One is a financial buyer, and think of this as a a financial fund of some sorts, either a a private equity fund or a family office. Some investor who's looking to buy your business and seek a financial return. They may uh, combine your business with another company that they already own, or they may Uh, believe that they can find operating efficiencies or ways that they can make your business more profitable and turn around and resell it in a number of years um, with a return on their investment. Um, The next type of buyer is a strategic buyer. And a strategic buyer is a company that's already in your industry. Uh, They may be looking for synergies to operate with you. They may be looking for access to, to new markets. Um, but be careful if you're going to be dealing with any potential competitors who may be fishing for information to use against you. Um, so you need to weed out the the prospective buyers that may be competitors. And if you're going to negotiate with one of them, you're going to have to be very careful. Um, and then the third category would just be called other buyers. Um, these may be, you know, an individual who's leaving their career um, and, and employed, you know, under a job with a and ready to own a business. They're ready to take the leap and try entrepreneurship. Um, and then another category may be just serial entrepreneurs, uh, individuals who routinely buy and sell businesses. Um, if you are unable to consummate an external sale. To an independent buyer, you may complete an internal transfer of your business. You may transfer ownership to management. You may do a number of different structured transactions like a leveraged buyout over time. Um, You may transfer the the ownership of the business to your own family members. Um, Another way to do a, a transfer of a business internally is something called an employee stock ownership plan. And if your business reaches a certain size, that may be a feasible alternative to consider. Once you've considered the potential buyers and the ideal buyer for your business, then consider your priorities about the sale. Naturally, you're gonna be concerned about the price. And how the price will be paid? Are you going to get all cash at closing? Are you are you going to get are you going to take some seller financing? Is some of the money going to be paid later? Um you're going to wanna to know what the after-tax proceeds from the sale are gonna be because the, the tax man is gonna be looking to collect when you get a huge gain like this. And you're probably going to want to consider the impact upon your employees who've served you loyally over the years and, you know, what is the buyer going to do? How many are they going to keep on or let go? So before you start negotiation, you're going to want to have a realistic expectation of the price you should be able to get for your business And accordingly, you know, it's often called a valuation of your business. So you want to have a quantifiable and defensible understanding of what your business is worth. And when you negotiate with buyers, you're going to want to be able to tell the story about your business, its profitability. Tell it in simple terms. Don't try to spin a story. You want to have a simple story. Explain your revenues and the growth in your revenues, hopefully, in basic terms. You want to be able to support any financial projections into the future. You want to be able to explain any underlying assumptions you've got um, underlying your financial projections. You need to understand the adjustments that will be made to your financial statements, particularly what are called ad-backs. To your business, to your profit and loss statement, that will be, you know, the adjusted profits will be used to value your business. Then there are several different methods that can be used to value your business. Um, there will be uh, multiples used to multiply by certain measures of your profitability, and you want to understand. Why a multiple is appropriate for you, for your business, in your industry, and why you should be on the lower end of the range or the higher end of the range based on how your business is growing in profitability, the quality of your earnings, the growth in revenue. And you may want to have a professional valuation, and we will cover valuation in detail in another podcast but there's several different methods that are used, and you may want to have all of them used to kind of see which is the best way to value your business. And one is based on a measure of income called EBITDA, Earnings Before Interest, Taxes, Depreciation, and Amortization. And then you know, you, they would get to that number and then multiply it by an appropriate multiple. And another method is very similar. Um, it's You would use a multiple Um, but it would be a different measure of income. It would be either something called seller's discretionary earnings or uh, adjusted cash flows. Those two terms mean roughly the same thing. Um, And again, that's basically a measure which kind of starts with EBITDA and then you add back any sort of expenses which are run through the company but have a personal benefit for the owner. Um, another means of valuing a company is you may want to look to comparable companies uh, and comparable transactions. The, in terms of the process, the first document that's going to be exchanged and executed between the parties is going to be a non-disclosure agreement, and in, in conjunction with making sure that you're only dealing with parties who are willing to keep the whole negotiation confidential. You're going to want to make sure that this is a a prospective buyer who has the ability to close on a sale, who's got the the financial means and the business experience to run your business. So you're going to want to do some verification of the buyer's ability to, to buy your business and close a successful sale. Subsequently, you may get a letter of intent. And a letter of intent, again, we'll cover it in detail in another podcast um, it's a, it's a non-binding summary of the deal. Commonly, buyers will come in and give you a very attractive price and a letter of intent, and they'll want to tie you up and say, okay, now just deal with us. And then as they're going through their due diligence, they'll try to whittle down this price to something that's far lower. So you, you'll want to be careful about getting tied up at the letter of intent stage where they're going to, you know, you're, you're going to agree to exclusive negotiations. The next agreement is going to be the purchase agreement, Um, and again, there's different methods by which the purchase agreement is created and different timing for uh, execution of the purchase agreement, depending upon the nature of the transaction. Um, Due diligence, again, is going to be the next step in the process, and ultimately, Hopefully, you'll bring the whole process to a closing and close a successful sale. There are differences I want you to appreciate, and the sale of a business, which is a small business or you know a main street business, and the sale of a middle market business. Um, middle market businesses are those with revenues of say ten million to up to even a billion. Those would be considered middle market companies. Small businesses, i.e. Main Street businesses, those are anything smaller than middle market businesses. So if you're in the you know couple hundred thousands, up to a couple million, you're considered a small business. And there's differences in the way that the sale process works between the Main Street business and the, the middle market business. But the key thing to remember is just go with the flow. Don't hold things up and say, you know that's not the proper way to do this um with my business i'm you know I'm smaller or I'm bigger you you want to go with the flow uh, and move the deal along so the first difference between main street sales and middle market sales is the role of the business broker representing small businesses versus an M&A advisor or investment banker who represents a, a middle market business. With small businesses, a business broker typically serves them and they perform a broader range of responsibilities than investment bankers do for middle market companies. And one of the reasons why they perform a broader range of services and take a greater degree of control over the transaction is that other professionals will play a smaller role in the sale of a small business and main street business in particular attorneys the role of attorneys with a small the sale of a small business is far it's greatly reduced Or maybe even no role at all for the attorneys in in the small business transaction if there's a a business broker involved. Because the business brokers will wanna control the process and often don't wanna delay the process by um, scrubbing all the legal details. Conversely, attorneys are deeply involved in middle market transactions, they draft agreements, they oversee the due diligence they protect confidential information, and they guide the process toward closing. The next difference between Main Street business sales and middle market business sales is the existence of a letter of intent. With a middle market sale, typically the first document that's exchanged after, after the non-disclosure agreement, the next document is a letter of intent, and it's used by the attorneys to to draft the purchase agreement. And this is again, this is where the buyer will make an offer to the seller. With small businesses, often they go straight from a non-disclosure agreement to a purchase agreement. And the purchase agreement is different. It's got fewer representations about the business, but it's got more contingencies to closing the sale. It's it's more like a purchase agreement for real estate, which you may be familiar with from buying or selling um, your house or commercial property. The next difference is the valuation, the price negotiations. With small businesses, you typically calculate your your the value of the business and publicly advertise a purchase price. Now, it'll be like an anonymous, it will be an anonymous form of listing, typically. With middle market businesses, the owners should develop some expectations for what the business is worth, but the purchaser will initiate the negotiations in in the form of an offer um, that comes with a letter of intent And the price of the business will basically be the process through the process of negotiation. It's more of an arm's length deal, whereas with small businesses, it's more like selling real estate that you set a price and see what you can get. And there will be negotiation, but it's more important in the sale of middle market businesses. The form of the purchase agreement is different with small business sales versus the sale of middle market companies. With small businesses, the form is typically provided by a business broker. It's got limited reps and warranties. It's much simpler. And it's typically got conditions to closing, like completion of due diligence, um, so that the buyer isn't obligated to sell. Excuse me. The buyer is not obligated to buy just by signing... Uh, The purchase agreement. Conversely, with a middle market company, the attorneys typically negotiate and tailor an agreement for the transaction, and it's one with has far more representations and warranties and, and disclosures about the selling business. Next difference is the due diligence process. With a small business, it's typically after the purchase agreement has been signed, with a middle market company, it's typically after the letter of intent has been signed, and simultaneously, the drafting of the purchase agreement will be going on while the buyer is conducting due diligence. Lastly, financing. With small businesses, the, the sale is typically, the, the purchase price is typically financed with a loan from a bank, from a usually an SBA loan, a small business administration guaranteed loan, and then a portion of the purchase price is often financed by the seller. With middle market businesses, there are a far broader range of financing alternatives, and we'll get into this in another podcast. So, again... The purpose of this is to understand the sale process. Don't wait until it's all over with and say, now I understand it. It's important that you understand the sale process before you get started. You want to minimize the risk of doing a a bad deal uh, or harming a good deal. You want to get the most out of your professional service providers and reach a successful closing of a beneficial sale that uh, satisfies your big picture goals for a sale. With that, I'm going to sign off. I'm David King, and I will see you next time. Take care and be safe.